Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast, where things are quite heated as we uh, record this podcast. I'm Dan Lewick. He's Corey Peeper. Uh, as we get you set for uh, the midway section of the AL and NLDS, we'll recap the wild card games that were pretty wild themselves, and a couple of teams that are now on the outside, no longer looking in, looking at next year, uh, as well as one of the most ridiculous <laughs> rules you'll ever find in Major League Baseball with a garbage 100-year-old stadium that people with nostalgia think is somehow baseball's great. This is coming from a Rays fan after the amazing Game 3 of the ALDS, uh, where the Red Sox are rewarded for defensive incompetence where a Rays runner would have crossed home plate, but no rule number 5.05 parentheses A parentheses 8 says the Red Sox get to be rewarded for defensive incompetence in a crappy stadium never talk to me again about the trop or catwalks or anything else that people like to complain about with that stadium Fenway Park sucks don't ask me about it ever again with that the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice. Come hungry, leave happy. How is that for an opener, Corey? That was, that was the most intense opener we've ever had. Uh, yeah. Uh, popcorn update. We have one weekend left. Uh, next weekend's our last weekend. So if you want popcorn, come Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, the road to Baraboo and is reopened now. So in that case, it has gotten a little less traffic, but it was still really busy this weekend. And so we're going to go all three days or until we run out of product because we're not going to order as much as we want. So if you come and we're out of something, I'm sorry, but I would rather run out than have too much because I don't want to eat it all. So that's my update for this weekend is this upcoming weekend will be the last weekend. And if you come and you want something like, like I would get there early if you want caramel corn or cheese corn, because that stuff's going to run out. I would think by Saturday, hopefully. It's going to be, uh, uh, and you guys have had an amazing year with everything. Things continue uh, to to grow, and uh, people that not only come, they come back with uh, relatives, with friends. They send stuff off in, yeah. in other states. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about uh, positive uh, uh, Spreading uh, customer the word. service, and uh, it's, uh, it's good stuff. We had a lady there this weekend who I, I think the only reason she came is because of the road closure, and she's since been back twice more, and... Uh, for anybody who's ever been to our popcorn wagon, our we like to give people a lot for their money. So our large popcorns are most people's like extra large. And she ordered 15 larges over the last three days and six large caramels or no, eight large caramels and a large cheese corn. So that's a lot of popcorn. And I guess she's shipping it all around. Like Georgia's getting some and University of La Crosse is getting some for her niece. And that, that was great. Like we, we love that. We love the marketing out there and she was trying to convince me to set up a website, and I'm just not there yet with the shipping website. If if someday I choose to not keep doing this teaching thing, then that, then I'll probably set up a website and do some shipping. But right now, we're not there yet. Uh, just just keep watching the Facebook page and show up when we're open. <laughs> it has been an uh, incredible uh, popcorn season. It has been an incredible Major League Baseball season. As uh, playoffs uh, are heightened and uh, lots of interesting things, lots of uh, – 
uh, frustrations, lots of wildness, the wild card. Uh, as we look at uh, Dodgers and Cardinals, what a game that was all the way to the to the end. Adam Wainwright did everything as advertised. Uh, the uh, Scherzer taken out early, but no complaint about the Blake Snell uh, situation there. Same thing with Garrett Cole. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but uh, Dodgers hit the walk-off in the bottom of the, of the ninth. And what was an, an uh, amazing game pitcher duel for the most part, uh, but uh, a fun one to watch. The Dodgers bullpen got him. Like that—that that was the thing. There was Scherzer got taken out. If he didn't even make it through five, and you could tell how mad he was. Uh, Dave Roberts came out and first Max Scherzer went for the handshake, shook his hand because I don't think he really wanted to give him that ball. And I think he—if you're Dave Roberts, you're terrified of trying to take the ball from Max Scherzer. I think, but he did give it up, and then Joe Kelly got out of it. I think he had a guy on, or he walked a guy, and. And at that time, it was tied still one to one, but eventually, yes, the or the Dodgers came through. I'm trying to remember, was it Turner? I think it was Justin Turner, who's a playoff dynamo for them usually, and uh, got the lead and won that game. So now it's it's the long off season for the St. Louis Cardinals here, and we've said a few times on this podcast, I really don't know how they did what they did, and so now it's okay. Can, can they do it again? And they've already re-signed Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina at their now quite advanced age. Now, they were advanced this last year, but another year older next year. But I think they're probably going to basically run back the same basic lineup, I would think. I, I don't see them making a whole lot of changes. I, I would agree. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of things that are going on uh, with it. I think the core of the team is there. You're wanting uh, young players to uh, – uh, continued to develop Tyler O'Neill was the the big breakout uh, for this year and I said they came awfully close uh, and to go on that type of a, of a heater at the end of the year uh, and you went toe-to-toe with the team that was the defending World Series champions won over 100 plus games only because the Giants uh, could keep that going all year long uh, this team was far better than what you normally face in a world in a wild card game and again you went toe-to-toe a, a, a good year uh that uh an excellent end to make this a good year, uh, and you were that close uh, to advancing. Uh, nothing to be uh, to be ashamed of there for sure. No, I think the the lineup's going to be pretty good still. Like Goldschmidt, kind of quietly bounced back to almost peak Paul Goldschmidt with his year, and Arenado was sort of what we expected. The average dropped in the move, but you mentioned O'Neill and Dylan Carlson really looked like the player that we thought he was going to be, at least I thought he was going to be last year, where he, he looked like a very good player. So there, there's a lot to be optimistic about a lineup. It's all going to come down to that pitching. And you know, we just, I said, Wainwright's 40 now. He'll be 40 for most of next season. And Jack Flaherty's pretty good. But then is it, who is it, Miles Michaelis? Is it Kwon Young Kim? Is it, you know, do they bring back John Lester at 38? Do they bring it back Jay Happ at 39? Like, how how do they get through that rotation? And that and that's going to be the question there because they have to figure out a way to, to to fill in that rotation. Right now, you got two pitchers and Wainwright and Flaherty who can feel good about, and the rest of it is just a lot of question marks. Yeah, there's still like, is there enough pitching? Right, that that's what it comes down to. There's some stuff that's there. I know they're looking forward to some other uh, uh, farm system developing further, uh, but there's a lot of. There's a lot of talent, but but is filled with question marks. Exactly. So, uh, what is this team? Even after the hot streak, nothing has changed as far as the the long term look of this team. That that didn't answer any of the questions. 
Uh, and so it is a an interesting offseason. Again, they're uh, oldies but goodies. They're, they're bringing back, and, and why wouldn't you, as well as they've performed? Uh, and so, again, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Cardinals if they try to do anything out of character. But they they built their team on older veterans that are still under contract for many years. So, like, this is your core. That's what they, that's what you got to work with. And you got to keep hoping for those years that you got out of a Goldschmidt or an Arenado because, like, they're getting paid, so you're not moving them. And you had Red Sox and Yankees in the uh, AL wild card. And, uh, like we all said, Nate Evaldi was better than Garrett Cole. Yeah, about that. Uh, the the New York fan waves, uh, uh, radio waves are a uh, lot of pressure, a lot of questions. Garrett Cole and his expensive contract, you get all that attention when you get all that money. And again, the the issues that have been there since we started with the COVID shortened season, the long ball being an issue crept up at the very end of the year with him and in this start as well. And right now, if you had to face a Game 7 do-or-die situation, is he in your top three that you're putting out on that mound? Nah, no. In all of baseball, no. There's no way you could pick him over. Which means yeah. that contract is a failure. He's getting That's overpaid, what you yeah. were paying for. That's what you, a bona fide ace who, when that do-or-die comes, this is who I want on the mound. And to be paid as ba- uh, baseball's best, you need to perform as baseball's best. Uh, and I'm not saying anything that the New York media hasn't already been calling out. But again, you're under contract for many more years and a lot more money. You're completely safe and secure in your spot. Here's a boon. I would take two Dodgers. That's my first two. I've been thinking about this. Yeah. I would take both Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller as my first two options. I would take Urias. Urias <laughs> is really good, too. Sorry. Like, I, 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 really I, good. I, w- I would trust all of them uh, before I trust Cole. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the ace pitcher is safe in his job security. The manager, who is now on an expiring contract, is done at the, uh, done at the end of this year uh, with this. Really? He, does he come back? Uh, it's managers are the early scapegoat. Uh, just ask uh, Jace Tingler, right? Uh, he did not. Uh, he was not the reason for the issues in the Padres. But there is your scapegoat. The the Yankees need someone, and not renewing a guy. And by saying this isn't the Yankee standard, we hold to a higher standard. This wasn't performed. It allows you to make all those wonderful talking points, like we actually care. When you're not going to change a thing. I, so who's less likely to come back? Aaron Boone or Brian Cashman? Because I think Brian Cashman, it, I think it, he survives another year. Does he? Okay. I don't I think, think it, they fire him yet. I don't think they do a clean sweep here. I think it. I think he's a good GM. I do think that it's just kind of gotten stale. Like I'm not saying he couldn't go somewhere else and have success. Like kind of a la, like I think Dave Dombrowski at some point will probably make the Phillies a pretty good team. But I think Brian Cashman, he's got to be among the longest tenure GMs in the league right now. I don't, I don't know where that's actually at, but it's, he's got to be one of the longest ones, which is kind of surprising in New York. And I, I think it could be him. I, I don't know. I, I do think one of them is gone. I, I think one of them is probably takes the, some of the fall here. The only question I have is when, you, especially when you have a manager up, your GM likes to pick uh, mm-hmm. the manager. So if, if you're in a would you hire a manager then try to hire an executive a year after when the, the manager is going to have more jobs? I, I don't know. It, it's a – but then again, when when was the last time they actually did something logical? that was fully, like, well thought, <laughs> thought out? out. Yeah, that, that's they, the thing. they throw cash at things. That's mm-hmm. what they do. 
Uh, they're the, the, the <laughs> sorry, don't mean to go political. They're the Democratic Party. Let's just throw <laughs> cash at it. We'll make it better. That's not a, a bias on uh, one way or another. Just merely making a point of where things are right now. And so that's the way the Yankees have operated. Throw cash at it, uh, and we'll make it better. Hey, we can get Garrett Cole. Let's give him three hundred and some million bucks. Uh, it didn't work. And off, go back to the full Yankee way. Uh, as much as the original George Steinbrenner would throw cash at things, they developed a farm system. That's what Cashman did. You developed Posada. You developed Jeter. You developed uh, Andy Pettit. That's that's, and then you supplemented it. It's like what with the Dodgers free agents. do. That's what the Dodgers do, the, right? Uh, the Dodgers have exactly exemplified <laughs> that uh, again. Other than Aaron yeah. Judge, right? They have Aaron Judge. They developed him for one more year. And that's true. That's true. They do only have him. And I'm looking at their lineup like Luis Severino, who pitched an inning in relief. Otherwise, you know, they traded for Rizzo. They traded for Stanton. They traded for Gallo. A long time ago, they traded for Torres, but you don't get credit for that. I guess you develop Brett Gardner. Well, I guess you get, you get you develop Gio Oshella. No, no, he was on the Indians, actually. So, no. And Gary Sanchez, I don't know what to make of him. So, like, their whole lineup has been brought in, and... Stanton played well, like for what they're paying him. He had a good, good game, three for four. And Rizzo hit a home run. That's what I said. Maybe he's the one that gets him over the hump. But Joey Gallo was pretty bad for the second half of the season. And I don't know. Like I thought it was a good move. I still think it was probably. A, I think it was the right move. They needed left-handed on base hitters. It just hitters. didn't happen. It, it just, just didn't, didn't work. work. Out. The results weren't there. Yeah. But it was the right process. Um, they're going to be in the shortstop market they're for the the big free agent shortstop market that's there. But they need pitching more than they need that. Who? Are, of, of the free agent pitchers that are there, who would you actually be confident spending money on? You know it's not Robbie Ray. You're not, you're <laughs> no, not, you're not giving $150 million bucks to Robbie Ray. I could, tot- I could see them doing that. Do I, would I do that? Not on your life. Uh, i got to look up here. Who actually do we have for free agent pitchers for, this year? For that one, even, even with the – unless everything else worked out perfectly, does, does Brian Cashman believe enough that – I will bet my career on Robbie Ray because that's what that move would be. What about at that Kevin Gaussman? I could see him throwing. Gaussman's a free yeah. agent. Like I could see them yeah. putting money on Kevin Gaussman. That that one makes sense. Uh, Carlos Rodon, he had a nice year, and he just got like Good it's year, but a health not thing. At the end. His is a health thing again yep. too. Like they have Max enough. Scherzer is a free there. agent, right? I think Max Scherzer is a free agent again. He loves LA, but I don't that's think you're getting him. I don't think you're getting him out of Los Angeles unless you throw a unbelievable amount of money at him, and I think the Dodgers match anything. I also think the Giants have no excuse not to keep Gaussman. Oh, they should. They have the oh, money. they should, yeah. They have the money. So it, it'll be interesting, but yes, I, I would agree. I could see them certainly thinking like Corey Seager or I would Trevor Story, like one of those type of shortstops, and it wouldn't hurt them. Like Bringing in a player like that certainly is not going to hurt your team, but yes, much like... The Los Angeles Angels right now, they need pitching. Their, their teams are very similarly built in that they're very hitting-based, and you need some pitching to go along with it. And, yeah, it's a really tough market to pitch in. Like, once again, Garrett Cole always sort of had home run problems, and then you put him in that ballpark, and it gets amplified. So at, that's what I would say there is you just got to be – Max Scherzer, if, you have, if he has a wart, it's, it's a home run problem, right? So – Playing in Los Angeles has helped that, whereas playing in New York is always going to hurt a pitcher who has a lot of fly ball tendencies, like Garrett Cole, like Max Scherzer, whoever they bring in. You just got to be, you got to be smart about it. And from what we've seen, they've 
like you said, they just throw money at it necessarily more than thinking about it. I mean, granted, again, would you if you have the resources they have and Garrett Cole's available, are you are you making I, that contract? Yeah, I, I, I don't it's blame not them it for Garrett Cole. Move. No, it wasn't a bad move. It was it was but the he logical was never move. quite as good as the hype was let out to be, and that comes from getting hot at the right time, showing it in the postseason too. Uh, and then like the peak time when you're walking into free agency. And what did he do the minute the, the, the game was over? He switched on the hat or the shirt, whichever it was, saying free, free agent within it. He was ready to go to market himself, and why not? There's nothing wrong with that. It's exactly what you would do in his position. He was never quite that good. He's a very good pitcher. He is an ace. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's an ace. Yes. But you were paying him to be top five in all of MLB ace, and that he is not. His home run susceptibility in that ballpark? Uh-uh. It's two years in Houston. I'm just I pulled up Van Graffs quicker. He had a five point nine war and a seven point five war. This year he had a five point three. That's that's pretty good. Like, but it's not seven and a half. And that second year in Houston when they won the World Series, seven and a half is best pitcher in baseball. And that's what he was that year. And he's getting him just getting him out of Houston and putting him in uh New York. And he was one who at least initially was clearly affected by the sticky substance ban. We haven't talked about that in a while, but at least right after that, his spin rates dropped a lot. I'm sure he was using something, and maybe it bounces back. Maybe it doesn't, but without it, he seems more like a th- low threes year, which is still extremely good, but yeah, it's not mid twos either. So Correct. We'll see where they go. As we move to the uh, uh, NLDS, I, I'm purposely brooding over here and pushing mine back because there's a rant that's coming. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but for the uh, National League, you have uh, uh, Dodgers and Giants, as the, the Dodgers have moved on. That that series is going five. I, I don't see how it, it doesn't. You have the back and forth the same way it's been all year. Uh, you've seen both teams at their best. Uh, and uh, like I said, you have t- it's tomorrow night, right, for us as we're recording this tomorrow night. Uh, is there uh, pivotal game three? Alex Wood for the Giants, and the Dodgers are going back. They get Max Scherzer back, right? After that wild card game, he's back. We saw Walker Bueller game one got hit up pretty good by the Giants. The Giants have had Walker Bueller's number that night, and your boy, my boy, our, our guy, Kevin Gaussman, pitched very well, and the Giants took the lead. But then you mentioned Julio Urias got – Julio Urias had the quietest 20-win regular season yep. in, like, the history of baseball this year, and he pitched – exceptionally well game two and tied it up. And so, yeah, this is the big game. It he is, doesn't get the recognition, but he gets the results. Yes, he does. It is the first game at Dodger Stadium. And, you know, we've said, I said before, if you, you want to ask me who the best one pitcher I want in game seven is, I will take Max Scherzer. Like, that's the one I will take. I don't care what he did in the wild card game. I will take Max Scherzer in one game to win any game in the world. And so here we are again, and this, this is the game. Like, if, if the Dodgers take the lead, then you just need one out of Bueller and Urias, and I'll say that that's more than likely, but the Giants, you know, Buster Posey hit a home run the other day. Like, they just keep finding a way to win some of these games, and who's to say they don't find a way to win another one? Absolutely. And we've seen Scherzer is not invincible. He's uh, not. He's, he, he's and, and again, you don't know if it's just a, a couple of bumps or if it's, is it an end-of-season arm getting tired? And we don't have the enough uh, information on that yet. Again, the last two starts, there he was good, and uh, especially early on, it was very good in, in the wild card game, but not enough where they felt compelled to keep him in, which means you're going to get to a bullpen at some point, uh, which is where everyone is going. Even that's the amazing thing where baseball has fully changed. We've seen it now in the last two years, and it's not just COVID. 
your starters, even your bona fide aces, are going at five innings. If you're, if uh, somehow everything is working perfectly, you'll get six. That's it. That's where we are right now. Can you imagine? Uh, Wayne Wright is like one of the rare exceptions, right? You have only a few rare exceptions to that rule, and it's usually because they're older than the rule, so they've been grandfathered in. Can you imagine Max Scherzer getting pulled out after four and a third and one earned just like three years ago? Like no, it never happens, right? You're like, oh, you you leave Max Scherzer in there, but now it wasn't. And uh, like it was questioned, still, but even in the telecast, still criticizing Kevin Cash for taking out Blake <laughs> Snell in that. that game. I heard that, even though you just watched. Garrett Cole that. out, Max yes. Scherzer out. Like how many? All these guys are being pulled. Like the, it's the, the thing. idiocy of like know where you are in baseball history. You can agree or disagree whether it should happen or whether it's a good call, but that is the league wide standard call. I don't want to say this for sure, but I think the only starting pitcher we've seen make the seventh inning is Logan Webb. Let me check this quick. Yeah, Logan Webb made. He went seven and two thirds, and he was. Absolutely dominant in the second game. Ten strikeouts uh, between Logan Webb and Kevin Gaussman. Like the top two, that this that's why this game three is so important. Because if you get Logan Webb and Kevin Gaussman, and uh, once again against Bueller and Urias, it, it is really a pretty close matchup. Like they are really talented. Yes, to such amazing pitchers on the Dodgers side. The pitch the the Giants have the same quality of top tier pitching to match it, uh, and that's what's going to be. Uh, interesting with uh, with that series. So yeah, it's going to be a fun one uh, uh, to watch. It's That's the late game down. tomorrow. Got to stay up late, but and, uh, it'll be worth it, I'm sure. <laughs> and then we have our uh, uh, Brewers and Braves. Uh, uh, to borrow a phrase from that's uh, uh, classic after singing the uh, uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" in Chicago. Now let's get some runs, uh, please, <laughs> Brewers. Can we get some runs? You are getting. Dominant starting pitching, and the rest of the team is not living up to the billing. You don't even have to score a lot. Uh, huh? These are the the the, the frustrations that I, I'm speaking to the choir at this point, as far as uh, fandom goes. Just not getting any offensive push at all, any offensive momentum. Uh, and again, this team should beat the uh, the Braves, but to their credit. Charlie Morton, Max Freed, they have been extremely good. Everything and then some of what the Braves could have asked for. Yeah, we've seen two games and there's been six runs scored. The Brewers have two and Atlanta has four, but it's one-to-one and we go to Atlanta, right? So once again, it it leads to a pivotal game three because otherwise you're going to see Burns, I'm assuming, in game four and Woodruff in game five for the Brewers. And I'm sure the Braves are going right back to Charlie Morton and his postseason heroics of his whole career and Max Fried. So, well, except when it comes to pitching the World Series for the Rays against the Dodgers. But it's the Dodgers, it was so a, I digress. It, other than that one, he was still a good career, man. Yes. yes so, uh, <laughs> would I still want him up in a, in a game, yes. t- a top three situation? One. He's yeah, a trustable absolutely. one. Uh, but game three tomorrow is Freddie Peralta at and Ian Anderson. So that's a noon game, unfortunately. I'll be at work, which is very disappointing to me, but, I'm, you know, it is what it is. But uh, we'll see Peralta versus... Maybe some afternoon radio listening going on with... Because uh, <laughs> everyone make, will be interested in How can I make it a classroom, classroom activity yeah. to watch yeah. the Brewers game? I got, gotta, a, got a math activity I somewhere in there? I gotta something yeah, off gotta of it. There's gotta be something in there. Guys, that. we can find a way to do this. No, <laughs> well, maybe we'll do, like, Some sort typing of scavenger hunt? Uh, yeah, yeah, That'd be a good one, but we'll see. Uh... Yeah, great teams. Both very good teams. I was very impressed with how the – I thought once the Brewers got past Max Freed, the Braves' bullpen is kind of a weakness, and it certainly wasn't the other night. And they looked very talented. They got, I think, 
four innings after Max Freed left or three innings for sure. And the Brewers did get some guys on, but timely hitting, man. You know, I saw it in your game tonight. Like timely mm-hmm. hitting wins games in these things. So you got to get some Brewers. And I mean, no matter going. what, you really again, unless you go to a game five situation, you still ultimately you have to win on the road. Uh, at some point, that's what you have to do if you want to win these series. So splitting here doesn't change the fact. Uh, you still need to get one of these on the road. Uh, again, game three always makes you feel more comfortable. Uh, and again, you, you have a big three. That's the point. So this is what you, where you're leaning on on this. Ian Anderson's good, but I like Peralta. Probably not as many innings. I think if I was going to say anyone to go six, I'd say Ian Anderson more than Peralta right now. But uh, on talent, uh, Peralta is every bit as good as Burns and Woodruff. Yes. I would agree, yes. So, at, again, you still have to feel good. Yes, the the loss was frustrating, uh, but at the same time, I, you got to win on the road if, if you actually want to advance. So no matter what, the the same things apply, and so we'll see what happens as we move into the, the second half of that series. Uh, the one series that's easy, White Sox and Astros. What are we at score-wise at this point in the recording? I was going to say, I... I, we are not. It is not as easy because now it is six to five Astros. So they just put up a five spot here in the bottom of the third. So it was cruising so six it, nothing. It was. It was. They, they were looking pretty good, but now the Astros have, or excuse me, the White Sox have come back to the lead here after a Asmani Grandal homer and a Louis Garcia homer. It is six to five White Sox. Oh, so sorry, I might have said it back. I guess they have taken the you. lead now. So what inning? Uh, it's only the bottom of the third. So plenty of time. This game here, the Astros are going with. Ooh, Luis Garcia, who I said, you know, was one of the outside shot to win the AL Rookie of the Year, but he didn't have tonight. Two and two-thirds, five earned. The White Sox went with Cease, who I do not like, but one and two-thirds, three earned. And then they brought in Kopech, and he even gave up a couple earned. So high-scoring game tonight. But so far, yes, it it has looked like a dominant performance by the Astros. And like you just said, it's a one-run game. like And, and early. And early. So good. I would expect to see more runs scored. Well, in this game. within the driver's seat, yeah. as the White Sox are grasping on their last gaps of playoff hopes and trying to keep that uh, the option alive. And it's exactly it, it is exact. Go back and listen last week if you didn't, because it is exactly what we said. Where the Astros are so incredibly consistent. El Tuve has a couple. They have five walks tonight through the first three innings. Like that is the Astros. They work pitchers to death. Whereas the White Sox are over here. They have. Two walks, and yet they have eight strikeouts. Like, they strike out a ton. When they connect, they hit home runs. I just said, they had three, two home runs in the last inning. When they connect, it goes a long way. But it is a much more volatile way to win games than the Astros. They are the Mike Zunino of teams. Sure. Like, yes. Anybody who swings hard, and when you hit it, it goes, it can work. Now, I have been disappointed with the White Sox. Like, the Astros have an amazing offense, but I did expect more out of some of the White Sox pitching, and it hasn't been there. And like Lance McCullers looked awesome in game one for the Astros. What I saw of that, he looked great. And so I would say very much the Astros are in control of that series. And we'll we'll see if maybe the White Sox can get it back to Houston, but I would not bet on that. <laughs> I want to talk about the coolest play of the offseason, or of the playoffs, excuse me. Okay. And Randy Rosarina okay. stealing home. <laughs> I was there. Are you, where are we going with this? But I, there, there, there's the two okay. parter. So okay. part one, okay. uh, part one is Randy Rosarina's straight steal of home in game one. Any straight steal is always cool, dude. And, and, uh, a straight steal of home. It, it's so hard to do. It, it's it's more rare than a no hitter or perfect game. It does you don't not see it happen no? often. 
and the last time that a straight steal happened successfully in the world's or in the playoffs was Jackie Robinson. That's impressive. Randy Rosarina in his first 20 playoff games. He's one homer shy of the the lead for how many home runs in that many uh, that many games. The one person he's behind, Reggie Jackson, Babe freaking Ruth. Oh, I was close. You're and now being mentioned Yankee. in the same breath as Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson as far as October significance, October impact. Uh, this he has continued to keep. He's had uh, a game tying RBI uh, in uh, game three. Today, he was significant in game one, so he's continuing to come up with those big plays when it seems almost impossible for him to match the hype that he built for himself <laughs> last year, where a 2020 season is still a rung lower, like where he still looked at as not achieving expectations <laughs> because of what he did last postseason. Uh, and so uh, I think, again, when you think of Luis Garcia in, in this game, it's only supposed to be on, on regular season uh, numbers, but postseason stuff matters, and it influences those who vote. I think Arosa Arena has safely clinched himself the AL Rookie of the Year uh, with how he's performed here. Uh, though we'll, we'll wait and see what what happens with that. But that when was does that get a, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Do we know when those get announced? They had, is it? It's after the division series they get to that stuff. I, I don't know if it's right in the World Series or before that. it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it does get announced in the postseason. But uh, uh, that was the the. Uh, the best play of this year's postseason, and I don't think that gets topped. You'd also know what won't get topped oh boy, as the worst go. play of the postseason. <laughs> Rob Manfred, I hate everything <laughs> of your existence and these ridiculous... Oh, you wonder why young people don't follow the game, why, why, why it's hard to get people into the game, because of asinine rules, like what's in here for... you okay. re, And will be rewards... Defensive incompetence. I will read it. How Dan. everyone before Dan gets going here because he's going to it. And I don't. I'll, I'll, I'm taking this from Jeff Passan, so I will read the rule here. He, he Dan already referenced it as this five five a eight because then I'm just going to let Dan go. <laughs> Any bounding fair ball, so anything that's hit inside of the field is deflected by the fielder into the stands or over or under a fence on fair or foul territory. In which case, the batter and all runners shall be inv- entitled to advance two bases. Like that's what it says. I- I'm just reading it. Here's now. You go. What Jeff Passan uh, uh, again follow up uh, tweets and clarifying this because there's four bullet points that go with this. Here they are. So let's let me first back up. Here's what happened in case you didn't watch the play. The replay is going to be everywhere, and I guarantee you, this is what pisses me off the most with this. Switch the roles. Switch it being the uh, the Rays defender doing this, having it happen at the trop. We've already had there's Sports. Yahoo Sports and other ridiculous things. Oh, controversial home run by Nelson Cruz. It's the same rule that's been there the entire time. It's there, and if you watch the trajectory, it's there because it actually was a legitimate home run. If you can hit that stupid pesky pole, and you, you any put person puts a random wall in the what would be the middle of everyone else's left field, and we call it the green monster to make it endearing, and no one has a problem with this, or you can build a billion dollar stadium in New York with a little league right field porch, and that's all fine. There's no articles about that calling it a garbage stadium or anything else. 
But this happens at the top, and there's 10,000 articles written about this nonsense, and then you have this BS in right field in Fenway Park tonight. Kevin Kiermeyer with the runner on first, launches a ball that goes off the right field little short wall. It ricochets off the wall, goes down to the field, hits a defender, and it then goes out of play. At that point, when that happens, Diaz is already around third. Major League Baseball's rule is what you just read. Here's the four bullet points that Passan follows up with. If a fair fly ball is deflected in flight by a fielder and then goes out of play outside the foul lines, the award is two bases from the time of the pitch. If a fair ball not in flight is deflected by a fielder and then goes out of play, the award is two bases from the time of the pitch. If a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and subsequently deflects or kicks the ball out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time the ball was kicked or deflected. If a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and drops the ball and it then goes out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time the ball was dropped. In other so words, do you so want for, to misfield it? Here's Passan's next tweet. In other words, you can't just grab the ball and chuck it into the stands without there being a penalty. No, you just have to completely misfield it, and only then do you get rewarded. So again, Major League Baseball's rules is set up where you reward defensive incompetence. The point of those rules, the the spirit of those rules, if we're getting to it, is to penalize the defensive team for a poor play, right? That's That's the point. You have a guy who's already around third. He's going to score. The, the penalty rewards the poor play and crappy defense. It penalizes the team that did it right. That's what we have. And, and all I'm saying is this. Switch the roles. Make this at the trop. And this happens where the, the Red Sox are the victim. What are you hearing across every single sports outlet in the entire country? How crappy the trap is. Look, this is a BS. Look at how the Red Sox were screwed over, blah, blah, blah. Just watch what, again, this is my problem with, with journalism and media as a whole right now. Watch how this is handled throughout uh, Major League Baseball, throughout the, the media, the rest, uh, as, as this is covered. It'll be like, oh, this cute little thing, it's not going to be a big deal. It will be buried, done with, and they'll move on to the next game. Switch the roles is entirely different. I hate Major League Baseball for, like, how do you reward incompetence? A little context here. This is not, like, the first inning. So we're at, this is five hours into this game tonight. So it's one-to-one in this series. Sorry, we should clarify. Like, the series is one-to-one at this point. Both teams have burned through, I don't know, five, six, eight pitchers, a lot of pitchers. And... Clearly, Hunter Renfro is not, like, trying to bat the ball over, right? It bounces up. It hits him in the chest. And, like, he's trying to grab the ball before I'll go over. Like, I want to make this clear. Like, Hunter Renfro did not hit this over. Like, Dan said, this is a poorly written rule. Uh, the Red Sox did not, you know, take advantage of this rule anyway. It wasn't like he purposely batted over. And, and I'd say, like, more people apparently, if the ball's in front of you, you should just swing and try to knock it away instead of trying to field it. Because if you knock it into the stands, apparently it caps the runners to two, to two bases. But... <laughs> 
it's brutal. It, it, it is a tough rule. It should have been, uh, was it four to four at that point? So it should have been five to four at that point because Margot should have scored. I, I can get behind Kiermaier being on second, but yes, Yanni Diaz or Margot, more, more whichever one was on base, should have gotten home plate. Uh, by, the, by the rule, they, they probably got it right. Baseball's rule book oh, needs Based to, on the rule, it's yeah, right. Yeah, they, they got based it. On the technically rule, rule it's, right. it's right. Now, baseball's rule book, it, it really needs an up. Like, it needs to be brought up. They can't you, keep you doing do these. those four points. Yeah. No matter what. If, if you made the mistake, if you made the mistake, whatever it is, you don't get to benefit from the mistake. Yes. It should be two bags from wherever the runner is at the time. There's no reason to say from the, from the beginning bag. That's... How stupid is that's, that? And that's the problem. Like their rule book needs to be up. They right. They Simplified. changed the rule in the middle of the season. They changed Simplified. the rule in the middle of the season because they didn't like it anymore. Like somebody needs to make a committee here, go through and just say, fix the rules the way they are. Like get them up to where they need to be so that they're actually interpretable to a normal person and that there's none of this like weird. I get that there should be umpire discretion on some things, but otherwise, like. It needs to be, you said, simplified, however you want to say it. Like, well, because you don't need all these, like, well, now this happens if this, yes. no, if it if it goes off a defender for any reason, even if it was a hard hit ball, even if the defender didn't do anything, technically it still is, you had to make the play. You had a chance to make the play, you didn't. Doesn't mean if it was a, a, a hard play to make or almost a near impossible play to make. Bottom line is it hit you and went out, two bags awarded from wherever the runner is. The runner should not be penalized <laughs> for, being for doing do, something good. Base good. running, yeah. Yeah. This is all this does is create this situation. Mm-hmm. All you had to say was from here on, or with this play, what would have made this completely fair? Two bags from wherever the runner is when the play occurs. Doesn't matter where the runner was 10 seconds ago, that's irrelevant. Because there was two outs. Like, that's the other thing. Like, there was two outs at this point, and, you know, it wasn't like he was waiting to tag up or where he was. He was flying around the base paths, and I said, it. It's hard to blame any player. Like I don't want to blame Hunter Renfro didn't do anything yeah, wrong. No, like, no, like he didn't do anything I, no. wrong. There it, isn't it, it wasn't wrong. a terrible defensive play. It was this all happened so fast. He didn't even know what happened before the ball went over yeah, the fence. I, he like tried that. to. It was like he purposely batted this ball. Like he tried to feel the ball. It hit him in the gu- chest, neck, or arm area and bounced over the wall. Like it's a weird play. The Rays should have gotten second base and home plate. Like that, based off of what everyone saw, that is what it should have happened. And the bottom of that inning, Christian Vasquez hits a two-run home run and. Game's Walk over. Off, right? Game like, over. Game's over. They lose six to four. It, it's brutal. I, I'm sure. I, I feel for you, man. But it, one of the dumbest <laughs> things I've ever seen, and I've been watching baseball already a long enough time. I, I, and I've been in person for a lot of dumb baseball and seeing garbage baseball. Uh, I, I remember being down eight to nothing, uh, going into the bottom of the first. You don't even get comfortable in your seat. Like, what, well, what was my point of being here? I, I've seen bad baseball. I've never seen this. No. Uh, this one takes the cake. It's just again, and because not just because of the play or how it was ruled there, because I had assumed again from everything else I had seen, you're awarded two bags from wherever you are when something happens. You go into baseball's rule book and you have this broken down like this, where you only put it in for two bags wherever the runner is. You're like, well, I don't want someone to throw it into the field and, and benefit from it. So it seemed like that's why you have the extra things there, but inadvertently, like. You reward the offensive player for a good offensive play. You don't reward the defensive player for not making a good defensive play. This shouldn't be hard, (laughs) but thank you, Major League Baseball. You are so behind the times from every other professional sport, and you wonder why you struggle to get a general, a a, uh, general 
popularity. Someone watches this and sees this, everyone with just, just an eye knows exactly what should happen there. It's a tough loss. Even those who don't even watch the no. And then you hear about this rule. Does it make you actually, oh, this is a good sport that knows what they're doing and how to handle their game? No. It's a welcome it, to Major League Baseball. It's a brutal loss. It really is. Cause now I assume they're After gonna roll 13 but, innings. I assume they're gonna have to try to use Patino again tomorrow because he only got through two. I, I don't Waka. know. I, I think it's Michael Waka. Waka. And, then, and then other people will be going back to back. And I don't know what the I don't I have to uh, look you, think you about what the Red McHugh. Sox are gonna do. Waka and McHugh are yeah. about the only two that you're going to put out there. And, again, Waka's not used to relief role. He's at once every five days. So this wouldn't be every five for him. But you're going to get maybe two or three innings from him. At most, you're getting two from McHugh. I would think the Red Sox are going to go with Martin Perez because I don't. he did not pitch tonight. Perez He's, and Rodriguez. like Those yeah, are the two they, that you they'll have. They'll try to plug it together, too. So it, anytime you get a game like this, it, it's, it's brutal on your bullpen in a short series like this. And so you know, now they got the Rays got to – Figure it out tomorrow because they've got to try to get it back to to Tropicana Field and see if they now can do it. It's an elimination you know, game. It's, uh, uh, and after 13 innings, when what was already going to be scheduled for a bullpen day the way it was for game four, uh, using uh, Patino hurt uh, mm-hmm. here because that was going to be one of the guys you were hoping to get two or three innings from tomorrow, and that's now not possible. It's hard to say, Like mo- obviously, as far as momentum goes from winning, the Red Sox are in the driver's seat, right? Like You only need sure. one more game. But you wonder if something like this is going to fire up a team when you're not only your backs against the wall, but the way this went, does this add something uh, to the Rays? Help them uh, shake off? Like they've been kind of sleepwalking through some of this offensively. They have not been crisp, and just their at bats. Not just the. Uh, it's not like well, you know, they're not scoring any runs. Like watch the at bats, and, and you see well, things have, that they don't normally do. It's uncharacteristic. They have multiple guys. So Brandon Laus. Still hitless, and Manny Margot's at for 16. 143, and Kevin Kiermaier's at 091. Mike Zunino's at 083. Like, you know, we can sit here and say how bad, but you, you can't, you're not going to win games when your leadoff hitter's hitting old. Like, I can, we can say a lot of things here, but the Red Sox have played really good. Like, they have. And we said, they like, really the Red have. Sox are a, probably a worse matchup for them than the Yankees would have been because, yeah. like, Kike Hernandez has been awesome. Uh, some of the guys that they have that get on base a lot, like Schwarber and Hernandez and Xander Bogart hasn't been very good yet. Up. Remember like, how good he when he when he fully heats up. We saw what he did with the Nationals, right? Mm-hmm. So, he is at that level, but he made one of the most. I heard like, about that. The, the uh, essentially a drunk guy <laughs> at a an uh, adult like over thirty five softball league, right? Um, the play where all of a sudden he tries to he makes the play. The pitcher's running over to first. And he tries to toss it. And almost goes into the stands. Uh, what I will say though, his next he had a shot at that a couple innings later. He makes the nice throw and he just over above <laughs> celebrates awesome. it. It's like it's a way of fun owning guy. it. Made it fun. The fans even had fun. You know, a crowd like this, what they do to the players who uh, do this in key moments. He won the crowd over after doing that type of boneheaded play, uh, which you couldn't excuse in any way unless your name is John Smoltz. Uh, the, who, by the way, for any Packer oh fan, you'll appreciate this. I finally understand the level of vitriol that you have for Joe Buck because I've, I've now listened to John Smoltz and how he has gone over and over for the Red Sox and any good race play, he's literally silent. Go back and listen to the broadcast. You'll see it plain as day. I now understand everything that Packer fans have been saying for the last decade. Last note. I talk about how the Astros. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on that. But I talk about how the Astros work pitchers uh, today. Both teams got up 49 times. The Rays struck out 20 times. The Red Sox struck out eight. 
Like that's a big deal. Like strikeouts, all outs are the same, right? All outs are outs, but <laughs> like you have to, they're putting the ball in play. They're making the race work and all the race have a good defense, but there, there's a big difference. When you strike out 20 times in 49 at bats, that's tough. Solo shots don't kill you. Yep. The three run shot does. That only happens if you're getting on base. And for the first, I think it's the first seven innings, either six or seven, the leadoff hitter got on every single inning for the Red Sox today. That's t- those uh, are tougher pitches, too. Like, those work pitchers. If you're going with these bullpen harder. games, if you're going with these bullpen games, you want them to be clean innings, get in there, get out. And the more you have working to pitch hard. tough pitches, you increase the likelihood of a mistake pitch coming. Like th- That's just how the numbers work. The more you have to work harder for a situation, you increase the odds because every pitcher throws a mistake pitch. Sure. But the more you throw against these types of lineups, you're going to get burned. Uh, and if you have it with, with runners on, uh, that's what that's what shifts the course of a game in a series. And props to the Red Sox for this. The Rays knocked out their starters, Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, within the first two innings. And then here comes Tanner Houck and Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta and, was amazing tonight. <laughs> and he was in game, game two. Too. It's just amazing. Or I should say game, he was game one. Game one. Uh, both of these guys, like they, they have the, if this doesn't work, they could pivot faster to young arms that don't have the veteran. They're not proven the way Sale and, and, and Rodriguez are. But right now they're more talented. And that's been showing uh, in this series. Uh, what It's not many teams don't have that capability. I've been impressed by that with the Red Sox. So again, this this wasn't that they don't have not earned no. what they've done. No. They they have. They have fought hard with this. They're a better matchup uh, over how they come together with the Rays and it's just a sucky way to see the game up end. at the right time. No, yeah. I, the Red Sox have been great. We did, it's just it is a sucky for a 5-hour and what is that? 5-hour and 14-minute game. Like Christian Vasquez hitting a walk-off home run, that's awesome. Like but just the top of the thirteenth, like, like you said, maybe the maybe the Tampa Bay Rays will like rally around it. That that can happen, and maybe it'll be really deflating. And you know they got kind of crushed in game two, so we'll see. Uh, that game is what time is that game tomorrow? I'm just, that game is a night game again, six o'clock. So on FS1, that's that's a good one. Again, this entire playoff series maybe has been, been good. good. Yeah. Uh, three out of four, uh, uh, and the other one is now seven to six. The White Sox are still up, but. And there's a couple guys on, so there's a lot of runs being scored in that game as we talk here. So, uh, and when we get together next, we will uh, uh, break down like the, the results of uh, the ALDS and NLDS. We'll set up the uh, the the do or die games. The uh, winner uh, goes to the World Series. We'll take a look at the ALCS and NLCS with that, uh, and uh, whatever else baseball may throw at us with their obscure rule book. Uh, who <laughs> knows? You never know what you're going to see. Stealing home. Uh, learning obscure baseball rules. It's all in Major League Baseball postseason. Stick around. Take care. 